You're listening to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life podcast. I'm Janine Strong, and every two weeks, I have an inspiring conversation with an ordinary person living an extraordinary life. My conversation today is with Diane Dreisen. Diane has a successful life coaching practice in Portland, Oregon, where she offers communications training and executive coaching to support a thriving culture of success. Diane studied psychology at Ohio State University. She also has studied NLP and life coaching at Erickson College International and has been a business owner for over 30 years. She's practiced meditation for most of her life and blends her intuitive abilities with scientific pragmatism to get results. Diane is also passionate about guiding professional women to self-actualize. Diane Dreisen, welcome. Hi. (laughs) It's good to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Now, I know that you've been a life coach for a long time, and you've been working on developing a new area of, of, shall we say, expertise or a new target audience that you want to work with. So let's start with, how about we start with your background and how you became interested in all of this? Well, I grew up in a family that had mental illness Mm. and affected everybody and everything in the family. So, mm-hmm. so funny. It's even now it's bringing some tears to me. Ah, uh, yeah. So by the time I became a teenager, I was pretty much bouncing off the wall, feeling frustrated and angry and yelling and unhappy and lonely and basically pretty unhappy. So by the time I went to college, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I was just drawn to psychology because I was curious how other people thought and interrelated and uh, how the brain works. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so I was pretty interested and I got into, I went to Ohio State and uh, this was in the early 1970s and they were still teaching some Freudian stuff. And I think By the time I got in the middle of my fourth year, I was rather discouraged with how ineffective it all seemed. Mm -hmm. And I don't, maybe I didn't have the resources to look further because there were seeds of other schools of psychology, but I was pretty discouraged. So I just went off and um, changed my major and went into dental technology and had a full career uh, as a business owner. Wow, that's that's quite a shift from psychology to dental work. <laughs> <It is. laughs> well, I'm curious, what drew you to going into dental? Didn't you make dentures and things like that, if I recall? Um, actually, um, not dentures so much, but actually uh, crowns. And I did maxiofacial reconstruction, which was way fun. Wow. Wow. What got you interested in that? Well, you know, I looking back, I think what links both of them is the creative piece. Mm, because mm-hmm. 
with the dental, you're creative with your hands and you're carving, you're painting, you're sculpting. It's like an artist. (laughs) Yeah. That really is what interested me. But in psychology, you're being creative with your mind and you're trying to solve puzzles. And Mm -hmm. so it's just a different way. But now I know that creativity is one of the core pieces of who I am. And so that was the link. Got it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I was in uh, the dental lab business for many years and I got to a point where I was having health issues and I Mm. needed to change professions. So I started looking around and I found out there was something called life coaching, which (laughs) didn't really exist when I was in school. Mm -hmm. And it answered a lot of my problems with the clinical psychology that I was studying. And it was uh, because it's based on scientific studies of successful people and what works. So it's way more positive than always focusing on what's wrong with people. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's forward focused. So it's way more positive and it's fun. And uh, it's goal oriented. So you really feel like you're accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got really interested in the coaching And in the, you know, while I was in the dental laboratory business, on the side, I was passionate about homeopathics. I really got into homeopathics and I was, had been meditating all my life. So I was really feeling energy. And then I got from the homeopathics, I started getting fascinated with flower essences, which is a branch of homeopathy, but was more the focus of flower essences is more the emotional and spiritual aspects Mm -hmm. of a person's life. And then eventually I got into manufacturing my own gem essences because I couldn't find what I wanted. And so (laughs) once I got into that, I really got intuitive. And so then I got the coaching piece as an umbrella of what I do with a whole lot of problem solving skills. And so as I combine all of it, it's sort of what I've come up with is my own style of coaching. And that's sort of what got me to this place. And then what got me into the communication uh, was sort of interesting to me because I've always been about Mm self-actualization. So as I worked and mostly with individuals, it was always about how do you have your best life? How do you be your best? How do you be happy? Then about six years ago, some of my Uh, executive clients started bringing me in to work with individuals in their company when they recognized that certain people were having particular problems. Mm. And what I realized when I was working with them was that if I could add a knowledge base program to add and combine with the coaching that I could reach more people more efficiently and more effectively. Mm-hmm. And so co- so what I realized was that communication is like the vehicle in which we get things done in the world. Mm-hmm. And so through the communication, 
the way I've designed the program is with is more about your whole life and the whole subject. It has a breadth and a depth that can change you from the inside out and you become a better thinker, a better learner. You build uh, relationships with respect and trust and that changes each person from the inside out and then um, changes the dynamics of the whole group. And so ultimately the bottom line for me is that I'm helping people and groups to self-actualize and mm-hmm. that, uh, and so it's quite satisfying, but I sort of came to the communication piece without recognizing that that's where I was going with it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That sounds so powerful. Thanks. <laughs> it really does. I'm impressed. Uh, thank you. You know, it is really interesting because when people are sent to me by someone else, the boss, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily that motivated to change. They're sort of on guard. And when you can be opening the subject to how you can be more effective in the world and uh, boost your IQ and uh, have more supportive relationships, then it inspires people from the inside out to change. And it's very different than just saying, this is what you say, and this is how you say it in this situation. And so it, it becomes more dynamic and then it, and it works. It really works. So Diane, can you give me an example of how you might work with someone, how how you bring this about? Sure. So um, for example, let's say that, oh, I'm, I'm sort of thinking so many things at once. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's say somebody is sent to me because they're not really participating in the team. Mm-hmm. And and I as I begin to work with them around uh, communication and how the brain processes and filters information. Mm-hmm. And once you begin to understand that, then you can recognize the filters and then you can choose not to use them and uh, become a better thinker. So for example, let's say somebody's having a conversation with you and uh, they're telling you something and you recognize that you came into the conversation with the belief that this person probably doesn't have anything important to say and (laughs) I don't really care. (laughs) So (laughs) once you recognize that, I mean, why would you ever even want to listen to anything if you don't care that way? Mm -hmm. So if you were to say, aha, I've got this belief that's getting in my way, I'm going to choose to assume that maybe this person has something of value. And then you act as if it's true and important and you listen well. And then later on, you can choose whether or not to believe it, but you've gotten some information and perhaps you've learned something that you wouldn't have learned before. And so you're smarter. Your learning curve is shorter. Mm 
And when you, uh, you know, people value intelligence and when they, they feel like they're becoming smarter, they're becoming a better listener or they're being more effective, then it motivates them from the inside out to do more. Mm-hmm. Did I get, I feel like I got a little bit lost on, on the example. No, no, no. Your example's great. So what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that through a person understanding how they filter information, meaning how they perhaps delete, uh, you know, how they, how they look at things, they can then make different choices to be more effective as a communicator and as a learner. Exactly. So how hard is it? I mean, if, if someone, so say you're working with someone and you're uh, helping them with some ahas about how they process information, mm-hmm. um, how how difficult do you find, I mean, I would imagine for some people it's easier than others, but is it difficult for people to actually then uh, actualize it, <laughs> to actually use it? Yeah, um, actually, it's not that hard. Uh, some things are easier than others. I think that there's some really simple things, you know, I'd, uh, you can only get into so much depth so I start with the the simple things. So let's say you're filtering through language. If and and so there's that's the simplest thing to control. So if somebody's talking to you and you don't understand what they're saying, you can just ask, could you please repeat that? Or would you say that in a different way so I can understand? Mm-hmm. So that's a simple thing. Mm-hmm. Then there's the a gaining of awareness of certain beliefs uh, or values that you might bring to the table. It's not that hard to become aware of it, especially if you're focusing on it with a course for like three or four months, it's on the front of your mind. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we have certain values. And if you recognize that someone's talking to you and you don't care, then you're not paying attention. And all you have to do is choose to act as if it's important and you do care. And then then you're listening. And so those kinds of things, you know, it's just developing a new habit and paying attention. Then I think where it really gets a little harder for people is when they have all the information they need and they're still not getting the results they want. And that's where the coaching piece comes in because it usually has to do with stuff often unconscious about past painful experiences that you've had. So someone's talking to you and it reminds you of something that happened and you're associating it. Uh, your ego kicks in and you're acting out, you're, you know, like you, you don't want to trust somebody to tell them the truth or you're maybe getting in the way of uh, solving a problem with some other people. And so the beauty of solution-focused life coaching is what both you and I were trained in, Mm -hmm. you get down to the core of where the problem is. And there's ways of bringing people to coming to to terms with those things. And when they come 
to terms with them and they get the blocks and the limits out of the way, it just happens naturally. You just don't, you know, you don't have any judgments around it anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that making sense? Absolutely. And and I'd like to point out that I, I think that when a, a person, say if they're in a conversation some, with someone and it's triggering some sort of past pain, and then they're reacting to that, mm-hmm. um, that that's usually not conscious. Right, right. And that's why the coaching is more effective in that case than the knowledge of how the brain works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the coaching takes care of the internal limitations and the faster you can help somebody get down to that, the better they can get that out of the way. What I love about the informational based program is you're not necessarily coming at somebody and blaming them for being a certain way. You're just giving them information. This is what we tend to do. Now that you're aware of it, you're getting some aha moments and you're beginning to understand not only how your own brain works, but you're starting to recognize it in other people. So when you're communicating with them and you're listening better, you're also working with them to come to terms with or understand or build a relationship that's working better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So are there uh, maybe some uh, specific techniques or experiential kinds of things that you use to help people come to this understanding about themselves? Uh, in the coaching piece? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think Solution-focused life coaching is a school of life coaching that has a very good overall structure in the way it works. And then, because I'm who I am, I've brought in a certain amount of energy work and intuitiveness. And also, meditation is a very important piece of how I work and how I help people to to imagine things or envision mm-hmm. things. And so, you know, I'm always trying to meet people where they're at. And uh, so sometimes if people are not open to that, I use some of the basic skills of asking questions that help people to go deeper and think for themselves. With the energy work, I'm helping them to more quickly tap into what they know and to listen to themselves, which is also internal communication. Mm -hmm. And so when you're um, like you're bringing somebody to acknowledging where they're at without judgment, I think my intuitive abilities help me to zero in on that more directly And as you go deeper and all these things are coming up in your mind of past experiences, I just, I don't even need to know exactly what's going on. I just keep walking them through it Mm -hmm. and they get these aha moments and then they are aware of something that shifts. And when Mm -hmm. it shifts, everything changes (laughs) and then you no longer judge. Yes. Isn't that, that's an awesome moment when that shift happens. That, that's the, re, the raison d'etre for doing this work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hear you. So I, I wanted to go back uh, a little bit here and talk about filters. 
Yeah. Um, and if you could explain uh, to our listeners what filters are and what, what are some of the filters? What are some of the ways that we filter information? And why, why is this so important? Okay. So the way the brain works is you first you receive information and often when you're building relationships it's with words but it can be with actions body language it can be sounds it can be smells and we take this information in and then we automatically begin to to filter and judge it so we bring all our life experience to the table, so to speak. And we filter through language. We filter through our belief systems. We filter through our values. We filter through meta programs, which are deeper ways in which people process information, such as being extroverted or introverted. Mm-hmm. That there's, there's a lot of other filters, but those are some uh, common examples. Mm-hmm. And so we filter the information and then we create a construct in our minds of what we just heard. And of course, the more you're judging and filtering, the more distorted that image is. And uh, then that image or what we think just happened, what the reality is in our own heads, can trigger emotions or behaviors, and that's the sum total of our experience. So when you're working with the filters right up front, before you create the construct of what you think just happened, then you can easily start to uh, let go of judgments or beliefs that are not resourceful. And when you can manipulate those up front, that's how, that's the way in which you, it's sort of the window into changing behavior and getting smarter. Um, when we um, are more neutral and non judgmental, which is another conversation, and it's a whole mm-hmm. conversation in itself, but the more neutral we are, the more the reality comes right through and the, the more that our construct mirrors what really happened. Now, that seems like a really important point to me. So mm-hmm. the the idea of, because that's it's something I've been struggling with, with some family things of, you know, not trying not to be judgmental, trying to be more neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you delve into that a little bit more? Because I think that's yeah. important because we all have judgments, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it is really important. So um, it's almost easier, first of all, to explain what judging and non-judging means sure. by first explaining what judgments are. So when we judge all the time, I like this, I don't like that, my favorite color is blue, um, you know, and that, and so I like somebody, I don't like somebody, oh, I'm in trouble, oh, I'm not good enough, all of these are judgments, and they can be looked at as um, distractions. So in not, I believe in that emotions are important, but when you're trying in this case to have a conversation or to accomplish something, often those judgments really set up all kinds of limits 
and blocks and we do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then the opposite of that would be neutral and non-judgmental. And that's more of a state of mind where you're just being very open and you're just listening. And this is where I think meditation is so valuable because through the process of meditation, you learn how to quiet the mind, which means quieting all of the judgments that you're making. And when you can quiet that and have a more open mind, then you're in the flow and you're being very present and you're really listening. And that alone uh, is a really important learning skill that you can use in everything you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I also find, and tell me if I'm wrong, that trying to step outside of myself, like if I catch myself um, running negative, you know, quote unquote, negative thoughts, negative programs, or I'm listening to somebody and I'm noticing that I'm being judgmental, that I'm not being neutral. Right. What I, I do my best, I don't, I feel I should do it more, but I, what I try to do is step outside of myself, sort of put myself, maybe I use my right shoulder, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. sort of sitting, sitting there and watching myself doing this. And it tends to somehow separate me so that I can watch it and, and let it dissolve, let it, it, it kind of dissolves, it, it shifts. I'm not really sure how, but I've noticed that it does. You know, actually, uh, that's a good skill. And I have a couple thoughts. Mm-hmm. So one is that what I'm hearing you say is that you're cultivating the skill of taking on a different point of view. Mm-hmm. And that is very, very useful. So you're stepping out of being in a judgmental state and being involved to stepping out into more of a watching, neutral, non-judgment point of view. And that is extremely helpful, especially in the moment. But the other thing that I have found is as much as I love meditation, I also think that you could spend a lifetime watching some behavior and never changing it. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the healing comes in. And I do a lot of that for clients that trust me over time and are open to it. And when you have emotional stuff going on, when it's there's past pain that you're carrying, that that leads you to the judgment that you were talking about. You're in a conversation, Mm -hmm. you're having a judgment, but it links back to some old pain or attitudes that you have. Mm -hmm. And when you can go in with energy healing, just talking to people, talking them through very quickly, uh, acknowledging what's going on with, so you're acknowledging it without the judgment. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you, you take them through a process of going through the origins and, and just recognizing it, going through forgiveness of yourself and others and, and, um, healing some of the parts of you that are still stuck there. And 
there's a little more to it, but um, you ha- almost have to experience it to understand it completely. But when you can heal and come to terms with what's causing you to judge and get that out of the way, it's like this huge uh, learning growth that you go through and you and then you find that you're in the same situation again and you're not trying real hard to see it differently. You just do. Mm-hmm. And so it really shifts your consciousness. And the more you come to terms with all those things in the past, the more neutral you just plain tend to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that really does sound very powerful. Now, does somebody need to be, do you need to be in somebody's physical presence in order to do that? Or can you do it at a distance? You know, it's amazing how well it works over the phone. Mm -hmm. Now, I am somebody who's, I'm very touchy-feely. I like to see (laughs) people. Mm -hmm. And when they're with me, I can see an expression on their face. For example, if somebody, when somebody comes to terms with something and they clear it out and they're finished with that whole subject, their face changes. They, they sort of, uh, like all the lines go out of their face and they look sort of glowy and a mm-hmm. little bit more happy. That mm-hmm. I can't see as easily over the phone. Mm-hmm. However, you can't, especially when you've worked with somebody long enough to know them and you, you just ask questions to check in with them. Mm-hmm. You, it's amazing how much connection you can have. So have you tried using Skype or something like that where you can see a person? You know, video? I have, and I, I don't know if I'm typical, but I find it distracting. I've had people who call me and they're sitting on their bed and they're in their pajamas and they've got a computer on their lap (laughs) Skyping with me and then the computer falls off, (laughs) you know, or, or, um, sometimes, you know, just because it just has many times become a distraction technologically. Mm -hmm. And so I have used it, but I just like the phone. I, you know, I think we've all had really good conversations with people over the phone and you don't mm-hmm. have the technical problems in the same way. And so um, I think most coaches do use Skype and they work. And um, and I, I guess I just haven't pushed it that much. I just sort of default back to the phone and I like it. Mm-hmm. So would you say, I, my guess would be that uh, because you're highly kinesthetic, right? But yeah. uh your auditory skills have probably been really honed to a, a finer degree because of using the phone. Yeah, you know, that is true. And I hadn't even thought about that. But but it's about listening skills. You know, as a coach, you learn so many skills that you apply to yourself. So I think I've become a much better listener. I've become a better thinker. I've, you know, I I use a lot of tools with other people and I use them on myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so, yes. And I would imagine that you're, you have to hone your intuitive abilities too, because you don't have that person in front of you. Right. That's true. But I think you do it with when people are there too, because I guess how I use it 
when I'm having just a conversation with somebody, they don't know I'm intuiting anything, but I'm sort of checking in to see if uh, they're still processing, you know, because often mm. you ask a question and then you allow for the silence. And when people are silent for more than a minute, I'm sort of checking in as like, okay, are they thinking or are they stuck? Should I check in or not? And so it helps me to pace people. Mm-hmm. And then, and then also, I think, um, you know, and I know Janine, you're very intuitive as well. When you're talking with somebody, even whether it's on the phone or in person, you get a sense whether they're being honest with you or um, if they're really telling you the gut truth. I'm not even sure how we always do it. I think we all have those skills. It's just a matter of being more conscious of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I agree totally. We do have them. Sometimes it is a matter of being conscious. Sometimes it's a matter of some training to, to uh, bring it forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I sincerely feel that if one person can do something, we should all be able to. I agree with you completely. And I have to tell you that I didn't have an ounce of intuitive ability that I knew anything about until I really started meditating. Mm-hmm. So I built it from absolute scratch. And now, uh, especially in using the uh, homeopathics and the gem essences, it it also helps to boost your intuitive abilities. And I sometimes am amazed that as I'm trusting my inner promptings more, how much ideas come into my head at the same time that somebody starts talking about it. <laughs> awesome. What? Um, so you just mentioned using homeopathics. Is there? Is there a you know, I know that homeopathics is very individual, but is, is there sort of a generalized homeopathic that uh, that if somebody wanted to develop their intuitive abilities more, is there something that you would suggest as a homeopathic that they might use to help support the process? Uh, good question. Um, you know, of course... You know, when I'm saying homeopathics, I really am talking about the gem and flower essences. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so many of them that no matter what reason you take them for, help you to get in tune with yourself that I could almost hand you 95% of them. They're going to start helping you build your intuitive abilities. Because what it's about is, I'll give you, a, let's say, a, a, a formula because you're uh, feeling edgy. Okay. So as it's helping you vibrate with this energy of calmness and quiet and stills the mind, you're automatically starting to pay more attention to the silence underneath. And mm-hmm. you you just begin to become more aware of it. Every time you take a drop, you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there are some, I have, uh, you know, maybe a uh, half a dozen to a dozen of my gem elixirs that I call shamanic. And I 
call them shamanic because they set up an electromagnetic field around uh, you and or they're a tool for uh, helping your intentions to be more effective or for clear thinking or going deeper into something. And so if somebody came to me and, and just said, I want to become more intuitive, I might start with emerald or agerine. Agerine is um, a very powerful energy that sort of straightens your spine and runs the energy vertically and then out through the hands. And Mm -hmm. uh, you become very uh, aware of the energy around your body and your thinking. Um, And Emerald is just a wonderful, soothing kind of energy that helps you to get centered and to be more aware of your life purpose. And in order to be, you know, in tune with that, you are automatically becoming uh, more intuitive. So it just happens. Mm -hmm. How do these work? Is there really any of the substance in this tincture? You know, how how does it interact with our physiology, our energy that that it actually works? Can you help the listeners to understand that? Well, I can explain it from my experience. Great. I Uh, I have read books, but I'm not sure the science totally understands. Mm-hmm. But my experience is that, um, first of all, you have to have a clear intention of what you want, because the more specific it is to what you need, the more effective it is. And so I think of a... uh, a gem essence formula like music. So when you hear a note on the violin, there's several different notes vibrating. And with the essences, it has several different energy vibrations that come together to create one tune, let's say. And so you when you take it internally, um, which also is more fe- effective than just holding it, Mm-hmm. And um, your body, it takes a couple minutes and then your body starts sort of um, entraining. If you're familiar with the word entrainment, mm-hmm. it vibrates at the same frequencies as the essences. So you begin to vibrate at the energy of uh, the lesson, so to speak, that the energy is teaching you. So let's say you're feeling depressed and hopeless mm-hmm. and you take very common these days I think. So good good yeah, example. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So amethyst really brings an uplifting sense of hope. Mm-hmm. And so you start vibrating with that and then your brain, it, it, whatever it does in the brain, it triggers certain points in the brain or you feel it in different places in your body, a soothingness or whatever it is. And you begin to learn what that feeling is. And then you begin to uh, vibrate with it. And so you know that state of being. Mm-hmm. And then over time, as you take an essence, you learn the pattern 
Somehow your brain learns it. I'm not sure how, but it becomes familiar so that you begin to do it for yourself and the essence begins to fade in its effectiveness for you because you already got the lesson. And so that's sort of how I think it works. But scientifically, what places in the brain become triggered, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fascinating. That was an excellent uh, explanation. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it's, it's like I could talk endlessly about this. It's such fascinating stuff. <laughs> now, you make your own gem and flower essences, is that correct? Yeah, mostly the gems. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been doing that? What got you interested in that? Well, as I mentioned, I, you know, with my growing up and wanting to help people self-actualize and being interested in psychology, uh, I was taking a two, I think for two or three years, I was taking a class on Taoist self-healing. And it was all about getting in touch and experiencing energy. And one of the other women in my class said, oh, have you ever heard of flower essences? And and because I was interested in the emotional and spiritual aspects, it like the second I took one, I just like, wow, it was a wow for me. And I got so interested. And then it became a tool that helped me to help other people to self-actualize because that, you know, as I mentioned, that's sort of my bottom line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, For example, somebody walks in my door and they're really stressed out and then they have, you know, X, Y, Z problem. So the first thing I can do is to to intuit a formula for them to help them to calm down. And it's different. You know, I can come up with a general one, but it's different for everybody because when you're more exacting, Mm -hmm. you get better results. And so they they immediately start to calm down. You know, like within a couple minutes, a lot of my clients who are maybe more in touch with themselves say, wow, I feel good. Mm. You know, and so that's very rewarding that you know that you're supporting somebody where over time you're working with some of the pieces and the underlying causes of the stress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. It sounds very all-encompassing. You're, you're not just focusing on one aspect of the individual. Right. And I think um, when you become more intuitive and you clear out some of your past stuff, you become more expansive naturally. Mm. And you for lack of a better way of saying this, you begin to vibrate at a higher level of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you start seeing the larger view rather than being stuck. Like when you have a lot of problems, you're sort of self-involved with details Mm -hmm. and it's just natural. Mm -hmm. But as you you know, clean this out and you clean that out and you get all this stuff out of the way, that silence that was underneath is more available to you. And then you make room for more of the outside world to come in and to think about other people and what might be meaningful in your life. And so it changes you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you sell your gem essences? 
I do. I um, I have clients that come to me only for the essences, mm-hmm. but mostly I like to have a client who's more committed to dealing with some uh, major things in their lives and they want to stay focused on it. And then I can use those tools, one of them being essences, when it's most appropriate. Because it's the combination of different tools. And when I have the ability to use what works best, to me, that's the most effective. I do have a website, EarthSkyEssences.com, where uh, I focus on the essences, and I am also upgrading that. I don't really have great pictures on it, Mm -hmm. but if somebody's interested in that alone, they can go to the website, they can call me, I can intuit something for them easily over the phone, or, you know, I love being in person. Um, and so they are available in that way. Cool. Now, do you ever find that, uh, say someone comes to you just for an essence and then in, in, I, I, the only word I can come up with is prescribe or formulate something for them that then that, that brings them to a point where they're actually wanting to look deeper and to do more work. Absolutely. I've had a number of clients who originally came to me because they were curious about the essences and then eventually became long-term clients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How do you make a gem essence, by the way? Is that something you can share? Uh, there is a standard way, and um, the standard way to do it is you take a bowl of clean, filtered water and uh, maybe glass in a glass bowl, and you can put a gem or a flower into it, put it in the sunlight for a couple hours, and the sunlight imprints the energy into the water. Mm-hmm. I find there are now better, more effective ways to make them stronger. I have my own techniques for that that I don't share. No, I don't expect you to to share secrets, but just to give people an idea of how, yeah. how it works. Yeah. So it's true. There's no, you know, there's no physical element. Homeopathics, they take uh, let's say calcium and they crush it and they uh keep shaking it and diluting it and diluting it to make a homeopathic. So there's that energy. But when you make an essence out of a flower or a gem, the standard way or using some other techniques, you're actually taking what for lack of a better word, a living substance and you're getting the wholeness of it infused into the water. So in my opinion, and people may argue with me, but the gem uh, essences that I make are more living, they're more alive, and it's more of a wholeness. And I find that they're more stable, and they're more adaptable in a way that um, sometimes homeopathics aren't quite, you can have more healing crises with mainstream homeopathics that don't happen as much with essences. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And again, I want to say that's my opinion. I don't know what a naturopath might say, mm-hmm. but that's my experience. Mm-hmm. 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 Neat. So for someone who, say, doesn't live in Portland and would would like to experience uh, some of your essences, uh, what would be the best way for them to do that? Well, I think ultimately calling me on the phone. I actually have worked with some people. uh, I'm thinking of a guy from Australia, and I never did talk to him on the phone, but he would send me emails, and he was really good at defining exactly what he wanted. And I would just take his information, and I would intuit it, and I'd send it to him. And he, you know, it would take him a couple, three weeks to get him. And um, and then he'd write me in a couple weeks and say, wow, that was great. And so it worked. Mm-hmm. And so I, I guess it doesn't matter where you are if you have a phone mm-hmm. uh, or email. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, I'm always, I like the connection. Right. So my first choice is, you know, maybe by phone, but there's no reason why you can't do it by email. It's just going back and forth more and making sure that you, you're getting the right information specifically. Mm-hmm. Do you find that if like, if you can't have a, a physical connection, either, you know, auditory or in person, does a, a photo help uh, or is that not necessary? Uh, I think all information is helpful. Mm. It's a matter of like being able to tap in to the feeling of that person. Mm. So if I hear the voice, sometimes it's a little easier for me to do it. But when somebody sends me an email, I, you know, I, I read over it. I'm listening between the lines. What's this person saying? Where are they coming from? You know, I pick up stuff. And then at that point, I, I, I rat, try to wrap my mind about around the whole being of that person. If I had a picture, it would be even better, easier. Mm-hmm. But it does work. I even do it through other people. So sometimes somebody will come and say, my dog is sick and I need something. And so I'll intuit through them for the dog mm-hmm. and come up with an essence. And it's a little trickier because... You've got now. You've got somebody in between, wh- who also is filtering. Right. So my brain filtering, their brains filtering, and then there's the dog. But if you're clear and you're careful about it, it's amazing what you can do. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that um, that might be a good tool for a parent who is concerned about something with their child. Yes, I have a client right now who's going through some real difficulties in her family marriage, and she has a daughter who's uh, feeling pretty badly. And we chose Tibetan amber for her. Mm. And Tibetan amber is really wonderful for children and babies, particularly, although anybody, because it has a very soothing, nurturing feeling to it. Mm-hmm. And so the daughter was feeling a little more isolated and started taking the Tibetan amber and it sort of calmed her down and uh, she started feeling better. Mm -hmm. So uh, it does work that way. You know, I think children in general are 
quicker mm-hmm. to heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have as much stuff that they've been carrying all their lives. And so whether I'm working with somebody in person or I'm just making an essence for them, they respond very quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's really rewarding to work with children. And the beauty of it is they don't have to carry the pain all their lives before they deal with it. <laughs> what a gift. What a gift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. So, okay, so your first preference would be a phone call. So how would people do that? So my phone number is area code 503-228-2996. And you can just call me or text me and I'll call you back. And again, you can go to uh, com, And I also have a website that is fulfillingcareer.com. And that's more about the coaching. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm redoing my websites, but they're still there and there's lots of information. It just looks a little bit old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also in the process of creating a third and I probably separate uh, website for the communication training and executive coaching that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's yet to be unrolled, but maybe within a couple months. Mm-hmm. So, but I would imagine you'll have, everything will be linked c- together so that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. If you go to uh, one, you'll get to another. Okay. Awesome. And let's see, email address, because you said you also uh, like to work with people via email if you can't do phone. Sure. So uh, you could email me at diane at fulfillingcareer.com or ddreisencoach at gmail.com. They both work. Uh, do you want me to spell my name? Yeah, you should, please. So D for Diane, mm-hmm. Dreisen, D-R-E-I-Z-E-N, coach mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Okay. That's probably the easiest. Okay, so let's just review for people. We have uh, your Essence website is Earth Sky Essences, right with an S, dot com. Okay. Yes. And then you have fulfillingcareer.com. And for people who have trouble spelling fulfilling or career, I always spell career wrong. It's F U L F I L L I N G C A R E E R.com. Correct? Yeah. Oh, I did it. Mm -hmm. And then your phone number is 503-228-2996. And your email is ddreisen, D-R-E-I-Z-E-N, coach at gmail.com. Correct. Cool. Well, is there anything that you haven't shared with us that you were wanting to that um, before we wrap up? You know, I think you had some pretty good questions. And as I said, I could go on forever. So I think we got it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I think this has been really good. In fact, I have to say this has been way more than I thought we would cover and accomplish in our conversation. So I'm, I'm really grateful. And uh, I think our listeners will be grateful too, because I think it will be very helpful. I know you know, probably every time in, you know, in our lifetimes has difficulty, right? But it does seem like there's more and more challenges in life these days. And people need some support and some help. Right, right. 
And I thank you very much for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. It's been really wonderful. And I look forward to reconnecting after you get everything going. And um, maybe we can get in depth in some of the other areas that you are working in. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Diane. It's been great. Thank you for listening. And thank you so much, Diane Dreisen, for sharing your experience knowledge, and wisdom as a career life coach. There is always more to learn to be a thriving entrepreneur, to be a healthy human being. The podcast website is realjanine.com. You can listen and download each episode and check out the show notes. You can also sign up for the podcast bi-weekly blog newsletter to keep up on new episodes, archives, life updates, and always there's a yummy recipe. And remember, Janine is J-A-N-E-A-N. Subscribers have been emailing me recently expressing their gratitude and enjoyment of the newsletter, which makes me feel really good. (laughs) I like to get feedback because I never know. (laughs) To subscribe to Keeping It Real with Janine, go to iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. And I have a Keeping It Real with Janine YouTube channel. And I'm creating video slideshows of all my conversations. If you'd like to help me out, please go to YouTube and subscribe. I really appreciate it. Do you know someone who would benefit from my conversation with Diane Dreisen? I am pretty sure you do. So please, share the love. It would be appreciated by all. Take care and be well. Be well.